0: done so many shows together and i say that to a few different people out there not very many but a few people i do mention that uh too and marshall you've been here since the beginning that's pretty wild
1: yeah yeah i'm an old timer
0: you're a veteran <laughs>
1: that's it yeah been here in the thick of it for as long as for 20 years now you've been fighting over 20 years for I mean, over 20 started, years yeah started yowza in 1999 and uh, what started me was, I was the guy that discovered the Nostradamus uh, Comet of Terror in his quatrains, and, uh, which occurred in 99, and I spotted it on a NASA feed and did a ton of analysis on it, and that was it. And Back then, 99, I had like five, six million views. Oh, wow. Well,
0: Yeah.
1: Now and I'm back those were in the good old days of you know dial up modems. Remember ding ding? Weow yeah.
0: Those (laughs) were fun times. You know, I even had learned how to sort of mute that sound altogether so you didn't have to hear that dial up sound every time you booted up into the uh, internet there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of Yeah, but you know, we we come you know, the reason why I actually found it was I was the first guy in the neighborhood to get DSL. Oh, really? And I was just trying it out, and I was uh, going, okay, uh, I need websites that have a lot of graphics and are not well-designed to really get a feel for what it can do. And that took me off into Nostradamus and all kinds of things, and I wasn't looking for it. Just walked straight backwards into it. (laughs) Yes. And, uh Then, well, I was following the news feed, caught it, and that is what started everything for me, was Nostromus' Comet of Terror. And actually, you can go to my website, yowza.com, and if you, on the right-hand column, if you go all the way down to the bottom, you'll see the archives 2000 through 2012, and you'll see King of Terror down there, and you can click into that and see what happened. It was quite interesting. Uh, and I actually, we spotted it. There was three objects we spotted. Two were, uh, one was a communication satellite. The other one was a rocket booster. But the third was a comet. And it was an interesting thing. We, uh, in the 80s, I was a science feature producer for Cable News Network, which has now since turned into Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And there's something called overscan. You don't see it typically, you now. but in a professional camera, the overscan area will have a bounding box so the shooter knows what's going to be on your TV, but also has an area around it that you don't see. And this is really helpful because for the shooter, you can see like an elbow that might wind up in the scene. Oh yeah, right, right. You know something that you know something that might enter, create a problem, and you can fix it. And when they, what happens is uh, when a shooter sees something anomalous, odd, they have it. You know they bird dog. I mean they go straight to it. Boom. And so what happened was this NASA guy. He actually tilted up and to the right to see what was in his overscan, And when he did, boom, there were three objects. And uh Richard Hoagland, after we published it was on Millennium Group, Richard Hoagland, he's the guy that Sidonia face thing.
0: The pieces on said, Mars, yeah.
1: Yeah, he he said I was confused by flash bulbs. And I'm like
0: That's what he said. You know,
1: Yeah, that's what he said. He said, you know, I was confused by flashbulbs. Well, it's been a little while since we used flashbulbs. And uh, the funny thing was, I had a French cosmonaut on the Mir station corroborate two of my three objects. And we actually, he had a picture of them looking towards Earth. And you had in uh, the NASA guy was looking... Up towards the sky. So that was when we corroborated two of the three objects. The third was uh the comet, because you could tell it has the horseshoe around the front of it and very easy to spot. And so that's what started it was the Nostradamus Comet of Terror and I found it. And since then one thing led to another wound up into Planet X and Planet X is coming, you know, it's like I saw Nib- Nibiru, naked eye, through a webcam in Turialba live the day after Christmas, December 2012. I remember. That's right. And, you know, people say that, the, you know, they call it a hoax. It wasn't a hoax. And the Mayans never predicted the end of the world, what 2020, you know, what that Mayan date, December 21, 2012, was a harbinger date, that there would be a sign in the sky that people would be able to see, because that's how the ancients used to give long-term forecasts, because they knew the sky so well. So they said, you know, when you see on this certain date, that's your harbinger. Well, the Mayans said there'd be a sign. I saw it and it was uh, from Turialba it was a volcano 10,000 feet up the camera was p- pointing due west which gave perfect observations for sunset because when you have an object that's close to the sun or behind it it's you have to wait until you know just before dawn just before dark and that's when you get atmospheric lensing so that the glare is removed and you can see the object. And I've been tracking it ever since. People keep asking me, when are we going to see it?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the question here tonight. Everyone wants to know. Still to this day, everyone's always asking that question. When are we going to see this? When is it going to happen? And Marshall, going back to 2012 for one second here, you know, a lot of people actually thought that was going to be the date. A lot of people were in a frenzy. Lots of folks in the talk uh, circuit, you know, the conference circuit, were all hyping it up, Marshall.
1: Oh yeah. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Yeah, I did an interview with uh, National Geographic, and you know, we got we're doing the interview, and they said, "Well, Marshall, now is there a direct correlation between Planet X and the Mayan calendar?" I said. Well, I don't see it in the data. It's coincidental, you know. And what they were really wanting me to go is, oh, who is this? We're all going to die. We're all going to die. You know, it's like, that's great for, you know, great great for television. (coughs) But (coughs) at the time, I wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing a correlation. We didn't understand why until later when we saw how the evidence was being buried. And so uh, there was a correlation. All right. And that is just, but there's a lot that we're in an information war. We've been in this information war for decades. You know, people think it just happened in the last few years. No, this is decades, this suppression, keeping information from us. Um, For example, In 2010, uh, our book, uh, Surviving 2012 and Planet X, uh, was selling worldwide, multiple languages. Um, We had a licensee in Italy, and they licensed it for the Italian language and published it. There was the very first ever international conference on Planet X occurred in Rome. And then what happened literally within weeks of that conference, I get a message from my licensee saying, we've taken your book off the market due to bad sales. Hmm. Now, I had just talked to the guy a week before, and he said they had sold out on the first printing and were getting ready to do a second printing, which was extremely good. I mean, the bookstore's, we're giving our book, but also all of the Planet X books. We're getting high praise. I'm sure. Location. Hmm?
0: I'm sure they're getting high praise as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, whoa, we were taken off like scalded cats. Italians were fascinated with it. Uh, and then I get this thing that we're taking you off the market, <laughs> and yeah. I, I called him and, okay, what's the score here? You you tell me you're doing a second burning now. You're giving me this yeah
0: well why were they bullshitting you for
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah finally after he just he told me what happened Mm. and they had gotten a phone call from their distributor and the distributor told them we have been instructed by the vatican
0: oh the vatican
1: by the Vatican, to advise you that by order of the Vatican, all books in Italy on the subject of Planet X are to be removed from the shelves and burned, not returned to the publisher, burned. Interesting. Okay. When your books get, you know, bookstores get, can send your books back if they don't sell. They got 90 days in America. I don't know what it is in Italy. Um, and they can just ship your unsold books back and and you could do whatever you want with them, not with this, I mean it was a total loss. They actually had his property destroyed, and it was a disastrous loss for him. It was a loss for us as well because he you know had to pay us royalty on that, so this is twenty ten and there's a lot of other things, although what people don't realize is that the largest amount of suppression and uh, disinformation comes out of the crown, absolutely, which is a city-state in London.
0: Yeah, the Vatican is incredibly evil and sinister, for those that are wondering. I mean, it's all out there, and they present it themselves. I mean, look at the, the audience hall in the Vatican City. Right. Look how crazy that looks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was just those darn reptilians burned my books. <laughs> I know,
0: they were burning your books for whatever reason. And I recall there was some sort of a Vatican scientist that said, if aliens arrived on Earth, the Vatican would baptize them.
1: <laughs> yeah, baptize them in what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's, um, but you know, that really brings us up to what's happening today, because things are, we know something big is going to start breaking. That's right. And when it does, it's not gonna it's not gonna take months or weeks. I mean, when things start popping, they're gonna pop fast.
0: They are. And Marshall, you know, I'm sorry to do this, but actually, before we leave the subject of aliens and Planet X for a moment here, I just wanted to quickly ask you, uh, Marshall, were we genetically engineered in ancient times?
1: Well, if you read my favorite book by Sitchin is the lost book of Enki and in the Lost Book of Enki it's very specific we are a bioengineered race. That uh, we are a mix of Anunnaki genes and uh early human genes. So yeah, I mean uh if you wanna look at an alien, go stand in a, <laughs> go to your go stand in front of a mirror.
0: Right. See one all day long. So does that mean you also subscribe with him saying that we were basically created to work for gold mines, basically?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it makes sense to me because when I was in college, I had gold fever. I was uh, going up into Prescott National Forest and we were panning for gold, but mostly looking for abandoned, old abandoned Spanish mine shafts. And you could find collectibles in those things. You could also find rattlesnakes, too. Right. And uh, learn that the hard way. Um, But the big payoff was the slag heaps because their smelting was grossly inefficient. And so if you could find a slag heap and literally dig it up and put it in a truck and haul it off and have it processed, you'd have quite a bundle. And so we were always looking, you know, looking around. And when you have gold fever, I, you know, it's really interesting. There's no stopping. Uh, there's no stopping. And you know, there's other substances that cost a lot more per ounce than gold. And when we see them, we don't get stupid and silly.
0: That's true. Uh, there's something about gold that drives a human insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, it was like. I was there. Where I was in my early twenties in college, and uh, you know, to to give you an idea of how strong it is, is like you're sitting there panning, and you know, you got another 45 minutes before sunset, and up walks a Hollywood starlet with champagne and chocolate-covered strawberries, and she's almost naked, and says, "Hey, <laughs> let's party," you know, and. You look up and go, no, I got 40 minutes of sun left. Thanks, (laughs) I'll take a pass. That's gold favor.
0: Understood.
1: (laughs) So, uh, it just, to me, when I read about it in the Lost Book of Enki, and it's also the book that uh, got me connected directly with Sitchin, because when it came out, uh, Zeta Talk was doing a 2003 flyby and telling everybody that it was going to come by in 2003. And we had been into it for about 18 to 20 20 months, something like that. Uh, Our articles, our website traffic was insane. And we were publishing, you know, where's Dancy coming from? Is this uh, Zeta Hysteria or Zeta Fact, you know? And because the evidence is not there. There's nothing to substantiate or back up a claim like that uh, when you look at how bodies interact with each other in space. Now, today, things are different. We are tracking on Yowza, if you follow my science articles, you're going to see where ever since... December 21, 2012, going into January 2013, the number of fireballs sighted every year has been just going up and up and up. You know, it's kind of like Roadrunner. Ride. You know, and the... (laughs) That's a good one. And uh, what happens is, you know, uh, the guy gets on a rocket, the Acme rocket, you know, and he goes straight up, well, the rocket's still going up. And we are still year over year uh, breaking records for these things. What we're also seeing is that no sooner than did Biden take office, the USGS is lying out their ass about earthquake numbers. Yes. And, and if you'll see, we showed there's – You have a natural patterns. Natural patterns have variability, highs, lows, peaks, highs. For this entire year, earthquake activity is lower than it's been in the past several years. And interestingly enough, the variance between each month to each month so far this year has been less than 7%.
0: Interesting. It's been that low. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this does not sit with everything else. You know, right now, about 55% of the country is in drought conditions. Uh, We have here and in Europe, barges are not able to move up the rivers because the rivers are down so low. And uh, in our case, we have a huge amount of food sitting on barges that are not going anywhere and the worst of it is in uh they're doing uh, a rail strike so if the barges can't carry it then you you know you freight it on the trains well now they're going to shut down the train system with this stuff and it's everything what we're seeing right now are the elites and the elites are disrupting the supply chain through hitting pinch points you don't have to take down the whole thing. You take down a little here and a little there. So far this year, uh <clears throat> truckers are finding that uh, certain franchises, uh truck stops are getting shorted on fuel because due to government requirements there's an additive that's necessary for reduced emissions. Well, now they're cutting back on the supply of that additive. On top of that, there's an additive for the oil, lubricating oil in diesel trucks and the diesel engines that's necessary. And that not only was throttled back, but they said it's not going to be available again until the middle of next year. So they're targeting all of these pinch points in combination with natural setbacks, natural disasters. The droughts have been devastating, particularly for ranchers. Uh, Right now, meat Prices are fairly reasonable, but that's because we're eating the heifers.
0: And soon we'll be eating bugs.
1: And soon we're going to, that's right, we're going to be eating bugs. And uh, we have to, it's hard to get people to focus on this. uh, People kind of remind me of cattle. They'll be on one side of the pasture and there's something happening that they don't like. So then they just moved to the other side. Yeah, they're of the gonna ignore. it. Yeah, exactly. Keep, keep eating, keep cropping, and uh, we're doing the same thing. You know, we don't like it. Move enough away from it, like a cow, and then go back to doing what you were doing. And I've this is we're in a crisis situation. In my uh, on yowza.com, y-o-w-u-s-a.com, my last two articles are. How the Meek Inherit the Earth. Right. Now, the first one is The Road Ahead, and the second one is Save Our Species, SOS. And I'm like everyone else. Uh, You know, we hear from Anons, we hear from the guys like 107 and a lot of the others that there's going to be a big turnaround and there's going to be justice and all of that. And I, for one, really hope that it happens. It's a
0: hopeful message, but if it's ever going to come to fruition, it is anyone's guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's, and then there's the hopium, and we are in an information war. I think what is going to end quicker than anything else will be the information war. I think um, by this December, frankly a lot of things are going to start coming loose. You know, you have Kanye West is going to buy Parler. You have uh, Musk is going to go through with his acquisition of Twitter. And he's already said he's going to cold the hurt. He's going to probably take out 80% of the company.
0: Ooh, I hope he does.
1: And what he's going to do probably, my guess is with Twitter is he's going to strip Twitter down to his your technical staff that they're the ones running the data centers and they know how to keep it working and keep the system up. And these folks are really not political. They're the ones that just make the system function. Uh, the ones he's probably going after are all these people working on this human behavior control and surveillance stuff And it's just going. He's going to go through there and just decimate them. And this is really important. Truth Social is in the U.S. It's really going gangbusters. It's number one on the Play Store, and people are going to it. But Twitter has the global reach. Period. It's everywhere. And I think once. Musk gets a hold of it, we're going to start seeing a huge amount of devastating information that's coming out. We're already seeing it now and <clears throat> for me, one of the things that I've realized for a long time before Q became public was that the cabal is deep and wide, they're huge and and they're global. So They've had centuries to prepare for this, to perfect their skills. So it's thirteen families, it's this, it's that. Whoever's doing it is in the shadows, and we're looking at the, the marionettes that they're dangling in front of us. But they, while they've had all this opportunity and time to learn how to manipulate us and to do it effectively, and they are doing it extremely well, there are some things where you go a bridge too far, and that is crimes against humanity. I'm talking about what they're doing to the women, the children, the trafficking, the—you name it. Okay? Oh,
0: yes, it's crazy what's going on right now. In uh, public schools, you have these teachers encouraging this sort of uh, behavior to, you know, chop off your breast or your— Vagina or penis, basically, to become something else.
1: That's right. Because it's and, pretty wild. You know, I see people arguing about what's the agenda, why are they doing it, and this, that. The agenda is real simple. Mutilated children do not reproduce.
0: Yes, it seems like this is all part of the, almost like the gray alien agenda, almost. You know, where it's like a bio-machine.
1: Yeah, you know, it's... There's all of this going on, but we as a species are, the point I'm making, especially now in my How the Meek Inherit the Earth articles, first off, in the first one, I'm explaining the term meek, because people misunderstand it. Again, that is intentional disinformation. Uh, they do not understand the word that was actually coined in the 12th century, and which It stands for forbearance and humility. So if you, someone said that you are a meek person in the 12th century, it was a phenomenal compliment. Right. All right. Because, you know, and forbearance is, well, in Christian terms, turn the other cheek. And you, with forbearance, humility, that's not cowardice, that's not being a quitter, because. Winners never quit and quitters never win. Forbearance is you just soldier through it, but you keep on going. There's an old saying in Texas, and I think it fits the meek very well. Don't get mad. Don't get even. Just get your way. And that is what I see with the meek. And the meek specifically for me are the unvaccinated. They are the meek. And depending on your estimates, either they're a fourth of the population in the U.S. or a third. But we've definitely been whittled down. And what we're learning right now, for example, Twitter, the Surgeon General for the state of Florida, came out and said you know, 84% of the men are getting having a heart arrhythmia, some sort of condition. And he was warning everybody about it. He was dubbed as spreading disinformation or misinformation. That's the term they use, is misinformation. And his Twitter account was canceled. Now, this is, this is a, an important officer of the state of Florida who is coming out with hard scientific evidence that he can back up, and he has now been branded as doing misinformation. And this campaign to suppress the knowledge is incredibly powerful. Now, the other, just yesterday, I was in the store and there was an elderly couple there, and they're the only ones in the store that had masks on, wearing the face diapers. And I just asked them, I said, why are you still wearing masks? Uh oh. And they said, because we don't want to take any chances. It's just that simple. I didn't want, to burst their bubble. I didn't want to say, well, you know, your mask that you're wearing, Uh, the virus has to be 80 microns or larger for it to be stopped, but the virus is actually only one micron. So when it goes, when you're breathing, the virus is going through the mask like it's the Holland Tunnel, all right? And what are you doing? You're trapping all of the crap that's in your lungs that your body's trying to get rid of and rebreathing it.
0: Yeah, you're recycling it.
1: You're recycling it. But these people, you know, were so adamant that they really believe they were doing it and they're not informed.
0: Were they wearing gloves too?
1: No, but, you know, maybe it was just an off day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> yeah, I've seen people driving in their cars, windows rolled up, mask on and gloves on.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm up in a farm area and driving down the road and I'm seeing a guy, <laughs> you know, he's he's driving his tractor off on the far right hand side. Oh
0: no, you don't nobody say.
1: Nobody around him. He's all by himself and he's sitting there with 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 a mask and the gloves. Yikes. Right? Wow, And people just get bent out of shape about it. But what I'm I'm working with, first off, I do a lot of research and I'm following what's happening with the COVID and the vaccines. And I'm fortunate, uh, you know, I have multiple sources. I have people working professionally in medicine. And the thing is, I've been talking to these people for almost two years. And what they told me in the beginning, it was like, well, you know, they were saying half of the people who got jabbed are going to die from it. That's what they were claiming. Possibly more. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, back then, okay, let's see what we see, right? Well, hasn't changed. And here's the truth of it, is that mRNA vaccines couldn't make it out of the laboratory for some 20 years. Because the animals always died. They couldn't get it out of animal trials. And in many cases, not only did half of the animals die, all of the animals died. Now, when you consider what we have now, it's just not the mRNA, but you've got vulgaris and other little creatures. You've got a self-assembling graphene nanite technology. That's a real witch's brew of stuff and the government cocktail, yeah. Yeah, it's a government cocktail. They're forcing it. Uh our military is terribly uh beaten down from this. They're in the military it's a healthy population. And they're they have an eleven hundred percent increase in cancers and the cancers are far more aggressive. The whole upshot of the thing is and what I'm making a point in my articles. We, humanity, is now a bifurcated species. Vaccinated, unvaccinated. It's that simple. If you are unvaccinated genetically, you are as God made you. And if you are vaccinated, and I'm sorry for those folks out there that are vaccinated, but the truth is, you are an extraterrestrial.
0: I like, I love that, actually. Yeah, that's funny.
1: You are an ET because. You don't have the same DNA anymore. Your DNA has been permanently modified. So they're talking about the third helix or the 24th chromosome pair. Whatever the case may be, all of the physicians, all of the people that I have in my sources just say, you know, I, I keep asking them, there's, there's got to be a way to reverse this. And they go, no, no, there's no way to reverse it. That once this happens, there's no going back. And my hope is that if they can't reverse it, at least stop the transfection. That's the real problem, the shedding. And they say, well, the shedding will go on for this many months or that many months. You know, the the one thing we've learned is that the vaccine is like a damn organic onion you know the kind that still make you cry and all you do is every time you peel a layer you you cry more tears
0: i like that yeah all
1: right and that's all we're doing with this is we're crying more tears but right now what the message i am trying to get out you know is that even more than planet x and i'm not backing off from that i'm seeing good observations my timing is good. It's going to come around. I've been watching this thing since 2012. You know, people say, when am I going to see it? I'm saying I've been seeing it since 2012. The difference is, is that they can see pictures. They can hear me. It's all anecdotal to them. They're not going to believe it until they're standing out on the street, pointing up at the sky and collectively soiling themselves. Right. Right? Then they're going to go, then they'll what believe the it. hell is that? I don't know. Let's go to CNN and see what they say, you know. And then they're going to get a whole bunch of bullshit on top of that. But even before Planet X gets here, we have a much bigger crisis. Humanity, think of humanity as a house. Our house is on fire and we've got to get the children out. And what am I talking about the children? I'm talking about alpha generation. All the boys and girls born from 2000 on. And when and who the hell are these psychopathic sons of bitches going after? The children.
0: Oh, that's what's going on right now.
1: That's it. Yeah, public schools. Hy- these will... bastards are are going for the kids. They are. And they can't go at them hard enough and fast enough. And this is the reason why what I'm trying to say to folks is there's a we have to have a gathering we need to get our precious alphas who are healthy and unvaccinated young men young women teens children we need to get all of them and we need to get them out into off-grid homesteads eco villages that are really Beautifully designed. They're ideally designed for a family. Now, one of the things I point in there is that there's like 11 reasons that are giving why women don't want to breastfeed anymore. And guess who is getting ready to replace human breast? Bill Gates. You know? Oh Lord. Now, Bill Gates reminds me of you know. I always have a saying. There's only two kinds of people in this world that have no regrets. Psychopaths and vegetables. Gates has no regret. I thought
0: you were going to see vegetables vegetable. and Bill Gates. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and this man has, uh, you know, he wants, uh, he wants to. God, you know, it's like genocide, species side. I mean, he wants to literally eliminate the species down to maybe uh, half a billion or less.
0: Well, the elites have always been fascinated with depopulation.
1: The well, they are, you know, and I think I heard a wonderful term the other day. I I like Joshua Phillips over on Epoch TV. Kinda he's fun to cap the evening with with his tea and chatter and all that. And he said all of this is the people that are doing this to us are a doomsday cult. That they feel that in order to save the planet from the human parasite they have to cull the herd and eradicate us because they're a doomsday cult. And of course, because they are superhuman and we are the, you know down there uh on scum, then we gotta go.
0: The bottom feeders, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're the bottom feeders. And this is what they're about to do. Now, I do feel that their plans and there are a number of factors of why their plan isn't working out the way it would have one is 8 billion people okay imagine if there were 2 billion people on the world and if only 25% of them are unvaccinated you know they can manage that they can deal with that 8 billion people who are going to take the next 3 to 5 years to die off are going to be Bloody well pissed off. I mean, for them, this is going to be what you did to us is like throwing a bowl of itching powder into a hemorrhoid clinic. Okay. <laughs> what a visual. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, it's, And people are going to want justice. And uh, this is going to come. And I'll tell you, uh, it was. It's an interesting thing. I didn't know that. <clears throat> I had come to the same conclusion as Q before Q said it. And that was, I knew that they were going to come at us with population reduction, and I knew this back in 2005. For a few years, it was the worst years of my life, honest to God. Really? It was that bad? You know, back then, I have to tell you, my feelings were, I don't want to live to see this, so if if a bus hits me, I'm okay. With you
0: were that. cool with, yeah. You were, um, you were fine with going and not seeing what would eventually unfold. And you know, we are starting to see it all happen right now uh, with the uh, oh, public yeah, schools. Mike. Yeah, and public schools will soon require the vaccine to attend.
1: Yeah, and but parents are fighting back. Um, I would definitely love to see the FBI and the CIA defunded. Yeah, that would be a nice thing. And and we're going to have people are, it's going to blow back in their face. And I'll be frank, uh, from what I'm observing, is that what they did politically was stealing an election. They have enough power, and the elites are deep enough and global that they could overcome that. And they could just wear people out. Because our greatest weak, those of us who are good is impatience and neglect. That's how they win on us, impatience and neglect. You know, everybody wants everything delivered Amazon Prime, you know, and they don't, you know, it's like, well, we haven't got a clear beat on it. I'm tired. I'm walking away and that's it. And so we give up. Now, on the other hand, their biggest failings are overreach and symbolism. And that's what blows up in their face. And they have certainly overreached. And I believe in the coming few weeks and within by the end of this year, we're going to have full disclosure. It's going to start rolling out. And all of a sudden, all of the stuff that these people have been suppressing, all of these evil things that they do are going to come back to them. And in, in spite of that, I'm seeing what's happening with. The government and how things are working out. They could steal elections, hold on to power. They could kill us with vaccines and still stay into power because, unfortunately, human denial is the most powerful thing in the cosmos. If we're going, we're, you know, most Americans are nanny state consumer bubble babies. Anything you do to prick a little hole in their bubble, and they go, "Oh, oh, go away! I don't want to see it."
0: That's you know? all it takes, and that—that's the problem with America. And you know, that's one of the one of the things I have uh, being a, a real issue. You know, you can take a small group of people out there in one of these one of these communities that you want to start, but uh, the corporations and our government ha- has everyone in a, a standstill here in America. You know, they all watch TV. And, you know, corporations should be held responsible for their constant wrongdoings and bribery exceptions. And, you know, they're not oh, the they're not the, yeah. ol, they're not the only ones. That's just one of the many arms responsible for America's downfall. You know, democracy doesn't exist, in my honest opinion. Right. Uh, you know, right. we have... See, um, oh, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. No, no. Finish what you're saying, because I want to come back in on media, because I was a former CNN science feature producer.
0: No problem. I I was just saying, you know, democracy doesn't really exist in my opinion. And, you know, we have poisonous GMO foods and growing poverty, corporate welfare, banker bailouts, all these false flag operations. There's so much. And Marshall, you know, it all started with the CIA.
1: Yeah, the CIA, our CIA is the worst curse of the universe. And, uh, can't wait to see that go away but all of this we're going to start understanding everything and i will tell you that this winter people are going to go indoors and this winter we're going to be right now we're living on the tail end of the 21 harvests this winter we're going to start in on the 22 harvest which was considerably reduced all right and of that harvest, there's a lot of it sitting on barges because the rivers are low, so we're going to start seeing shortages in the store. prices are going to go up, but also you have people who are uh going to be inside you know we we're outside uh for those of us who live where snow comes, you know that's it. you kind of hunker in the bunker through the winter, and what does that mean well these people are not getting their vitamin D through exposure to sunlight and they're not supplementing which means we're going to cold and flu season and it's going to get big and here's a saying that i have created that you know talks to this denial that we're seeing oh yeah and that is the fastest way to open a closed mind is with acid an open casket,
0: oh, an open casket, I said acid, sorry,
1: yeah, oh no, well, acid, yeah, that's one that definitely opened up an eye, <laughs> but I, uh,
0: yes, I was yeah. uh thinking of more of like heaven's gate all of a sudden, sorry, oh yeah, remember the remember yeah. them boys
1: but that's what's going to happen this winter is we're going to start burying people in large numbers. I talk about this in my articles. And I explain it to people, in the road ahead in the first one, I, I actually take them through the next few decades, because we are on a negative timeline, and this is going to take a long term. I got, I, MAGA, make America great again, you know, get things back the way they were. I'm sorry, that ship has sailed.
0: It's gone, in your opinion.
1: It's gone. You don't think we're going to see
0: Donald Trump again?
1: I think we could see Donald Trump again. We're going to... We're going to see a lot of craziness in general, but what we have to do and what I'm trying to tell people is we're getting all caught up in this and we're missing the single existential threat. Humanity is on the verge of genetic, a genetic extinction level event. All right. If we all wind up and the stuff that's in these vaccines, god awful stuff, and it is designed it's literally lucifer, you know, it's <laughs> you know, think about the westerns, what happened? They rustle the cattle and then the first thing they do is they change the brand, right? Right. That's what we see in well, that's what they're doing. Lucifer's changing the brand. It's in the blood. It's a matter of blood and we people are being branded as property of Satan with these vaccines, and this is something that is so evil, so maniacal, that people run away from it because they just don't want to believe that this that is happening kind of evil exists
0: they don't want to believe that their own government is doing this to them. A lot of Americans out there will have to face the reality sooner or later that our government doesn't always have the best interest in you or me.
1: That's right. And our government, well, our government right now just wants us dead.
0: It seems like it, right?
1: It doesn't seem like it. They're doing it. They,
0: yeah, well, yeah, they it definitely it, it def- They definitely are painting that picture that they want to get rid of us. And, I mean, it, it gets worse than that, uh, Marshall. You have these genetically modified mosquitoes out there. You know, when I was first hearing about mos- mosquitoes, when I was first hearing about animals out in the forest contracting covid my mind went straight to mosquitoes passing on whatever virus they were injecting them with. And, uh, you know, since we were talking about COVID and the vaccine, you know, people that test positive for COVID and, you know, they're injected, I, I talked to a mortician who's embalming some bodies, you know, mm-hmm. and he saw a lot of weird, weird things with the blood and these bodies, Marshall.
1: They're pulling the ropes out. That's what they're calling them, ropes. I, you know, it makes me wonder, is that really what the you know, Hydro Vulgaris is about? Because they're pulling these massive clots out of people's aortas. They right. have to do it in order to embalm them. And this is not like any other kind of clot. This is literally kind of like a rope. This is it's some fibers. funky
0: stuff, ladies and gentlemen, from what I was being told.
1: Yeah. This is terrible, terrible stuff. So what we need to do right now, what I'm just begging people, and I'm going to be doing this, um, and this is, this is, right now, this is my commitment, is that we need to save our crown jewels, humanity's crown jewels, our alpha generation healthy unvaccinated children. We need to get them the hell out of the insanity and into off-grid eco-village homesteading communities, permanent lifestyles where history can mostly pass them by and that they can go to ground with the capability of growing food underground much more than they need so they can share with those around them and become of value to the greater community about them so they don't have people coming in and trying to kill them to get what they got with my win-win strategy in my book, win-win survival handbook. I show people how you can grow 10 times as much food as you need for your community. That other 90% you use that when things are stable to go to market and, and you can grow in any season on the planet, any, any environment in the in the book I'm showing you know, you have your tropical, subtropical, Mediterranean, and temperate. Those are the four big ones. And this means literally anything you would find in a you know, uh, a farmer's market anywhere in the world, you can grow it.
0: Absolutely. Right? And, you know, we're going to have to start doing that. Um, these GMO foods are... We are going to have are, to do that.
1: We're going to have to. This is how... We get these kids to safety. We got to get them to ground, and we got to make them safe, and we got to give them a beautiful life, too. You know, it is something where they, you know, in the book, the way I describe it, because my book Win-Win is really a pro forma business plan for nonprofits, and it lays out the whole strategy. It's the size of the Bible. It it tells you how to organize your community, how to build your community, how to feed yourselves, and nine times more your numbers. And in the fourth section of the book, it's how to build alliances, because you don't plan for confrontation, you plan for cooperation. And that's how we have to get through it people need to start doing this because the window of opportunity because of supply chain disruptions is reducing the amount of time that we have to start doing something like this. And even if we have Trump comes back and, you know, things are starting to turn around, you don't turn supply chains on and off like a door switch. You can't. I mean, if it, you take down a supply chain, it's disrupted for months or years. Right. You take a plant offline, restarting those plants is not so easy. And this is the supply chain disruptions are, you have the investment people that know exactly where it is and they're pinpointing, so where do you hit? Where do you hit? Where do you hit? And the result is... The analogy I use in my books is the torpedoes are in the water.
0: That's right. That's the best way to poison an entire village. Poison the well.
1: That's right. The torpedoes are in the water. And you know what? We rise up and we kill every one of them, sons of bitches. Hoorah. Right. Guess what? The torpedoes are still in the water running hot and true. And we're going to take the hit. We could kill them all. They've already set in motion the death of half of our human population. And we might, if we are fortunate that there's a quick intervention, maybe we mitigate that. So instead of losing 4 billion people, we only lose two and a half or three. And then after those people die, along comes Planet X. Oh, my God.
0: It never stops.
1: It never stops, and people are weakened. Their immune systems are down. You know, it's uh, I see folks will go out, and it's interesting how they spend their money. And they're prepping. So the first thing they do is they go buy a bunch of guns. All right.
0: Of course, you gotta have your gun.
1: Gotta have you your gun. Gotta guns. have that gun. Now, the thing that people don't realize is that. We all grow up watching the westerns, you know. somebody's shot here, bite on a stick, and we're gonna take my Bowie knife and get that old lead slug out of you. Uh-uh. You have self-defense rounds. You have hollow-point rounds. We have ammunition today that is terribly effective at shredding huge amounts of flesh. You get hit with one of these defense rounds, and there is no nine-one-one. There are no emergency rooms. You're dead. You're gone at that point. That's right. So everybody load up, get the guns, get the bullets. Get the guns, get the bullets. You know, the last thing you want to do is get in a firefight. All right? Especially with criminals. And, you know, when criminals are in prison, the way they spend their time is figuring out, hey, that guy, that, that housewife is holding the gun on you. How are you going to take it away from her and whip her with it? And that's what they like to rehearse in prison. So, you know, just thinking you could hold a gun on a criminal and that's going to stop them. Unless you're ready to put two in the chest, the one in the face, you ain't going to stop them. They're going to take it from you and then they decide whether after they've raped you enough, if they still want to kill you. All right. And people have to be practical. Then I look at what's in their, you know, what's in their supplies. And I can't imagine there's so much processed food and GMO. Why cheap?
0: It's cheap and it's efficient for them. And, you know, just last year, Marshall, I had come across an article from, um, I believe it was the University of California, uh, UC Riverside, rather. And, you know, that's not too far from where I am. And, you know, they're already experimenting with uh, different sort of foods. The future of vaccines may look more like eating a salad than getting a shot in the arm. That's what they're proposing. Edible plants like lettuce will be turned into mRNA vaccine factories, they're saying. Yeah. So they've been experimenting with this for a while. And they say, ideally, a single plant would produce enough mRNA to vaccinate a single person. When they're saying they're testing it or they're doing this, that means they've been doing it for a long time already.
1: Yeah. And, you know, let's just hope there is a collapse of everything because that's the only way to stop that stuff. All right. But in the meantime, we still come back to we're talking, talking, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking and we're talking and the psychopaths are winning and winning and winning and yeah, it's nice to follow Q and guys like Seven and stuff like that. And But they're all, you know, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. We've been hearing that for a long time. For years okay? now. yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are a lot of folks that are sitting there going, are you really on our side? Are you guys just giving us a bunch of bullshit so we won't get out there and do something about it? I, I talk to a lot of people who feel that way, that they've lost faith in it, that they're going, you know, this hopium is the worst thing that could happen. But again, let's get back to the existential threat for humanity. While we're being distracted by all of this, are we are in a genetic extinction level event, period. Period.
0: Not- And that's not including the proxy war we're in right now. We are in World War III, basically, right now.
1: That's right. It's all happening. So it's all coming down. It's hitting everybody from every side. And sitting here, you know, and the funny thing is, Q said something that I agreed with, that what's going to take down the cabal is not the vaccines. It's not the election thefts. They'll hold on to power. They'll hold on by a thread, but they'll hold on to power because they have planned for that for centuries. What takes them down is what they're doing to the women and the children, the trafficking, the adrenochrome harvesting, all of this stuff. And you go read, for example, it's very, very clear. Go read the terms of service for BitChute. BitChute comes right out and says, if you start reporting on what they're doing to the kids of the adrenochrome harvesting, we'll cancel your account because it's too upsetting for people. Really? On
0: BitChute they do that. Yeah. I was not aware of that. I, I thought BitChute was one of these free speech platforms.
1: No, they're not.
0: Interesting. No, they're not. I did not know I, that. I'll
1: tell you I I found one of my one of my supporters. Yeah sent me an email said go check this video on BitChute real quick before hmm. it disappears yeah so i did it was a dark web video the dark web is huge that's where the cabal works that's the part of the only way you get to see it is you actually have to have the tor browser right all right <clears throat> and cuz the tor browser is it doesn't give any information back about you right it's encrypted and it's encrypted it's totally anonymous browsing and this is what they use. As a matter of fact, your intelligence agencies all use a lot of browse. them. Do
0: yes, it's one of yeah. their their choice, their preference.
2: There, yes.
1: And um, what happened to me was, I looked at this video, and I can see the reason why. There, the 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 cabal is. So hypersensitive about anything coming out about it. I'm going to describe to you what I saw in the video in the first few minutes. What'd you see? Not the rest of it. This looked like it was in the Philippines, somewhere there in that part of the world.
0: Mm, in a village.
1: And no, this was in a city. Oh, in a city, okay. And it was started with, they had just backed up a large truck, a flatbed truck, and they were offloading the bodies of young men,
0: Mm, naked. Naked.
1: And like cords of wood, stacking them. All right, so all these bodies of these young men, uh, rig a mortis, and they're throwing them there. They're stockpiling them. Then, whoever was shooting this started following a young toddler and this toddler uh was had that stilted you know when kids are just a few weeks into learning how to walk they have that stilted walk
0: right yes
1: you know kind of rocking back and forth and she was a beautiful sweet precious little thing and she knew she was in a terrible place of evil even that young and whoever was following her had authority Because all of the other workers, it was a facility. And all the other workers in the facility melted back. They wouldn't, you know, they gave room. Didn't say anything. And this woman who is shooting it is following this little toddler. And the toddler is walking down a hallway. And there's gurneys on both sides of the hallway with all these male these men that have been uh, opened up and harvested. And you can see their entrails hanging out over the gurneys down onto the floor.
0: Ooh, you saw a terrible video there.
1: It gets worse. And this sweet little child walking stilted. And I'm watching her walk past entrails on both sides of her, hanging off the gurneys. And she was calling out, Mama Dada, Mama Dada, Mama Dada. And the horror in her voice cut through me like a knife. If you have any humanity in you, you cannot hear a child in such horror and such terror, and it doesn't affect you. It's an odd thing. You can see it. And the mind can shut that out. But when you hear it, you have no defense for that. You hear what you hear. And I'm watching this lovely little girl stilted walk back and forth, desperately looking for her parents. Mama Dada, Mama Dada, Mama Dada. All right? That's what Bitchute doesn't want you to see. They pulled it down within hours. All right? So what happens? When all of a sudden they can't pull it down, they can't intimidate platforms. There's got to be millions of hours of this stuff that's harvested out of the dark web that human beings are going to be able to see what these monsters do. And if you have a soul, if you have any humility left in you, to see such things shreds your heart. And you know, Just out of curiosity, because I knew I only had a few hours, I sent out a link to a bunch of people, about 25 people, and I wanted to follow up with them, see how many, about half of them looked, and I got two kinds of answers. One came out, and she's woke, hardcore normie, and she was furious with me. She said, I like my life being peaceful, and this is not peaceful, and I'm very angry with you for upsetting me with this kind of disturbing stuff. Never do it again. Okay? She didn't give a damn about that child. She just didn't want to see what was happening to that child because you watched the video, it's that child's last life. Yeah. They were terrifying her so that they could drain her adrenochrome and then. You know, that's it. She didn't. She didn't wake up the following morning. She's what's who's guess? Guess who's coming to dinner as the entree? That's what happened to that little child. Okay, she didn't want to know that. Hardcore Democrat, hardcore Normie. You know, I I imagine you're. I imagine you're. What about everybody else?
0: I imagine you're blocked from uh, communication now from with her.
1: Well, what I did was I just stopped talking to her. Alright. Yeah. And well here's what everybody else was what saying. What were they saying? Yeah. Well, Marshall, this is a terrible thing and it's been going on for centuries and it needs to stop. And they all said the same thing. It's a terrible thing, it's been going on for centuries and needs to stop. You know, maybe it's been going on for centuries because people keep saying it's been going on for centuries and it needs to stop.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You know? They don't think about that shit.
0: No, they don't.
1: They don't think.
0: They don't want to.
1: They don't want to. And so there is much horror. There's much terror. This was the thing that got me, you know, back in 21. This was the thing that I got crushed. Because I wrote an article on my own website, and I said, God will judge them through the voices of children. I wasn't canceled. I was crushed. A crush is when all of big tech dumps on you at once. They make you disappear. They eliminate your income streams. They hit you and hurt you in ways you couldn't even imagine. They punished me for saying, and that was it. I I went through all of the AdSense correspondence because I said it on my own website. I didn't say it on their platforms. I said on my own website, God will judge them through the voices of children. And that is what set off the crush. And they wrecked me. And this is how ugly it is. And so when they can control the narrative, just as they are now, they can get away with stealing elections. They can get away with killing half of the population of the earth, too. That's right. But women and children, that's where folks draw the line. And, you know, Q said exactly the same thing. That's what will take them down. That was the one thing about Q that I really liked. And Q's right. Only the military can fix this. Durham just lost his second trial. D.C., nobody in D.C. is going... You're not going to find an honest jury in D.C. Period. We've gone through case two... That's it. Not going to find it, because they're part of the problem. But this gets back to... Michael, we are in an existential crisis.
0: That we are.
1: These homicidal, psychopath, doomsday cult monsters have set in motion the genetic destruction of our species. When they're finished with us, men are going to be docile drones, women are going to be dramatically reduced in numbers because there's only going to be two uses for them, portable egg baskets or sex toys. And if they don't do either, guess who's coming to dinner? For you ladies out there, women's liberation uh uh it's been part of the problem because it's been part of the destruction of the family. They always come for the families first. But there's a war on women. There's a terrible war on women because you want to kill the mothers, and that's what there's going for. So again, we hope and we pray that There will be a reckoning, that there will be a change, and I know folks have all kinds of ideas about how we're going to, you know, we have this prophecy that'll come true, this prediction that'll come true, and to me it's all denial, and I'm sorry if for folks out there if that insults you, that I feel that you're waiting for the Pleiadians to come and rescue us, or... Your whatever version of rapture theory you want. The sum total of all of that, what it does is it prevents people from taking action.
0: Right. Yes, exactly.
1: They're expecting rescue. We have to stop expecting rescue from somebody else. Whether it's from Jesus or Pleiadians or whoever. And we have to start rescuing ourselves. Yeah,
0: everyone's looking for the next Messiah to save them.
1: That's right. And what we need to do is we need to get our alphas. That's it. These kids are so precious to us. And I feel so awful for them of what their lives are. You know, you're you're a millennial. You grew up with red pill, right? Right, yeah. What is, you know, these alphas, they don't have red pill, blue pill.
0: No, it's it's much different now.
1: It's black pill, and that's what they talk about, hopelessness and despair. It's all going to shit, so eat, drink, and be merry, and they have given up hope, and when you give up hope, you give up life. You can't. You can't stop fighting. You can't stop hoping for a better future. No matter how dark things are, the minute you give up hope, that's it. You're you're a loser. And winners never quit. Quitters never win. And that is a quitter thing. And I feel sorry for these kids, but think about it. My generation, I'm a boomer. I grew up watching people get into spaceships and go into space. And the whole world was with them. And what do the alphas have today? They don't see folks going into space. They see people. People jumping out of burning buildings every year.
0: Yeah, they see replay, school. Replay, replay, replay. They see uh, shootings and people being murdered.
1: That's right.
0: And they see that's their right. yeah, and they see their moms or uh, sisters having a adult website where strange men pay them money to see them naked. Yeah, that's the reality, yeah. though. It's it's quite, it's quite it's quite crazy.
1: It is insane. Especially
0: uh, if, especially if you have and- a daughter right now too. I mean, my God feel bad for you.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And um it's it's something that folks have got to get off the sidelines. We see people getting off the sidelines to go out, volunteer to be poll watchers. Uh they're going into uh, meetings, school board meetings, making their grievances known, and risking uh, terrible abuse from the Federal Bureau of Intimidation. They should change it. It's, it's not investigation, right? The FBI doesn't investigate people; they intimidate.
0: People. They create. They create the, the the problem.
1: They create problems. That's what they do. They, they are the problem, right? And. It is so disgusting. It's I can remember when I was a kid thinking, wow, maybe one day I, I'd be an FBI. I'd be a G-man. I'd be an FBI guy. Go out and get get the bad people. And what does the FBI do now? They get the good people.
0: Yeah, they get the, and they work yeah. for
1: the bad people.
0: They do all the bad things.
1: Um, oh, of it's course, terrible.
0: you know, the FBI and the CIA, you know, anyone who try to disband the CIA, you know what happens to them. They get the uh, JFK
1: uh, treatment. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, and it, it's hard to say what is going to finally end what they're doing. But what can we do today?
0: Right, now.
1: What can we do now? Do the doable all across America. The information I'm getting communities are assembling. People are coming together. It's mostly in the rural areas. You get in the rural areas, they have been in survivor groups for a long time. How do you find one of these? You ain't gonna find them because out in the country, if they don't if they haven't known you for ten years, they don't know you, you're not welcome. Alright? And they're already ready to deal with things. I'm saying what are you going to do when that's it the UN peacekeepers, Iranians and uh you know People's Liberation Army wearing blue helmets what are you going to do and they go we're going to take down every bridge and overpass there is we got plenty of dynamite we got chainsaws and we know how to use them and they'll get up there and they're going to be so difficult to dig out they'll be like ticks and a hound dog's ear, and these people are gonna survive. So there's already this trend going on and it's a very quiet trend. It's the people in the cities that are basically as dumb as a box of rocks. They're the ones that are all caught up with CNN and judgmental and we're gonna win and they're they're caught up in their nonsense. But a good way to compare somebody from the country and somebody from the city wait until they're hungry. And you take a man out of the country who's hungry, you take a man out of the city who's hungry, and you give each of them a potato. The guy from the city is going to run off somewhere where he can quietly eat that potato without anybody seeing him. The guy from the country is going to cut it up in as many pieces as possible and plant it so he can feed a family. And this is the huge mindset difference between the large metropolitan areas, and the rural areas. And so the meek are principally in the rural areas. So when I am saying the meek inherit the earth, you're not talking about uh, sunny overgold from New Jersey. You're talking about Bubba Jones from Backhoe, Arkansas. And Bubba's going to survive because Bubba knows how to hunt, fish, farm, so forth. They already know how these things. If you live in a city and you see a tree, it's not because God put it there, it's because a city planner said it's going to go there. Right. All right. So people live in the cities and they live in artificiality. And they're going to be the ones that are going to do the heaviest portion of dying. And they don't see it. They're clueless, most of them. But people out in the country, they're not, and so to the folks in the country, my message to you is: a lot of you are the ones who said, "Hell no, I'm not taking the jab." You look at that. Some estimates, 25% are unvaccinated. By others, a third are unvaccinated. But if you want to see where the vast majority of the people who are unvaccinated, they're Bubba in Backhoe, Arkansas. They're not Louis over gold in New Jersey. And that's the way it goes. But we have to take a much more intelligent. This is where, whether you live in the city or you live in the country, if you've been vaccinated or you haven't been vaccinated, if you're a human being, damn it to hell, you got a dog in the fight. You've got a dog in this fight. Because if our species is turned into programmable drones, we cease to exist as Homo sapiens. We cease to exist as God made us because we have been rebranded in the blood genetically and we are now the property of Lucifer. And it's not going to work out well for those people. There's a lot of suffering coming. I still hold out hope that there's going to be a way that if we can't stop the damage completely and reverse it, that we can arrest it so that families who have vaccinated and unvaccinated can still live together as families without the fear of transvection because the spike protein and the graphene, that's it. If your grandma's jabbed and you're not and you kiss her good night, it's a kiss of death. It's a kiss of death. And I, that, to me, would be the most horrific thing that in on top of all of this suffering families are going to have to decide okay am i going to die from this and do i want my loved ones to join me because misery loves company now there's a lot of grandparents out there who are unvaccinated and they'll just decide to live with their family and die with them the same way and they'll take that risk and then there are folks that Can see what's coming, and they know they got to do something about it. And those are the people I'm trying right now to reach out to to sound the alarm and to say, you got to do something. Now, there's a simple step of doing it. First thing, you got to pull together a community of 20 to 25 families. You do this as multi generational, and the most important generation is going to be. Your alphas. And then you have to then find a piece of land somewhere where you can be left alone. The last thing you buy is farmland. It's flat. You're competing with Bill Gates and the Chinese, and they're buying it up left and right. What you go for is vertical land, mountainous land, because you're going to cut a wedge in the side of a mountain, build concrete domes that are beautiful and spacious inside. And then you're going to over, over cover them and your air will come to you through a uh, nuclear biological NBR uh, and radioactive uh, filters systems. So you're going to have pure air. You're going to be able to do aquaponics and uh, literally underground farming. When things are good you could do opportunity farming on the surface and it's a community that is designed for families. You now women today don't breastfeed because well it's an embarrassing thing to do to public. Well that's really crazy. In a win win in my book Win Win Survival Handbook, I talk about eco shells. And so you're gonna be able to spend time outside. And then there's times you're going to be underground in your shelters as you're going to be comfortable. But imagine an eco shell is like a gazebo, concrete gazebo, and it's going to give you a lot of protection. And the inside is spacious and it's beautiful and it's designed for one goal in mind, to create a beautiful setting where young mothers can nurse their infants while their other children are in This is the kind of communities we need to create, places where young mothers are protected and celebrated. That's really important. This war on women is disgusting. I've never seen anything like it, that women have to, you know, you've got women with a penis and women without a penis.
0: Right, yes.
1: Yeah, how does that work? you know what do you do turn the penis inside out is that kind of like the difference between skinless sausages and you know <laughs> sausages <laughs> yes. that are in a skin i mean there is this insanity to it but we have to and so trying to correct everything and it's not going to happen because the the terrible things to come are going to be upon us and upon us quickly And so again, everything I do, all my books, I wrote Radio Free Earth so that people would know how to use radios to communicate with each other after everything else goes down. And in the book, I naturally have to say, if you buy now, you can get it at a different discount. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't write Radio Free Earth with that in mind. I wrote Radio Free Earth for survival scroungers. Scroungers are going to be some of your most precious people in a survival community. And if they read my book, Radio Free Earth, they're going to know exactly what to snatch when they're scrounging. They're going to be able to say, oh, look at that. A ham operator has got to be sitting there in that house because he's got a whole bunch of aluminum spaghetti on his roof. All right? And they go in. Now, people who know radios as a baby monitor, they're going to be clueless. But if someone has read my book, they're going to go, aha, uh-huh, that's a shortwave radio, that's a tana- antenna tuner, that's a power supply, that's an amplifier, that's a Morse code key. They're going to know those things and they're going to know which one of them are going to be useful. So why get a radio that you can talk to somebody else hundreds of miles away? Because maybe you're going to get a doctor on the other end of that conversation who knows how to treat a sick child. And so what do you want? You want the inconvenience of having a book that your scroungers can read and immediately know what to get so you can get that information, or would you much rather just say, to hell with it? Let the babies die. We don't need that. You have to be practical. So Radio Free Earth is not for ham radio operators that are, you know, they're just mesmerized by the technology and they want to have fun and experiment. And I think that's great. But people who just want to survive aren't interested in that. They just want to know what's available and how can I use it to survive. That's what I talked about in that book. Period. Somebody reads it, they're going to know everything they need to know to scrounge the right kind of radio so that they can communicate with other communities and stay free and stay healthy. Win-win survival, okay? The win-win survival handbook business plan for groups coming together. The One of the biggest problems I'm seeing right now, and I have groups coming to me, and they they always seem to find me after they you know they've gone and started jumped into whatever they're gonna do and they the biggest problem I see with them is they're always putting the cart in front of the horse. The first thing they do is they go out and buy a big piece of land. Then okay now let's go get people to come and it's it's this old I mean it reminds me years ago of the movie from Field of Dreams there was this saying. Uh, build it and they will come. Oh, if
0: you build it, they will come.
1: If you build it, they will come. Well, guess what? In reality, they don't come. Okay? And I have seen these people go out and buy properties and they get in very cheap with a balloon pay two years out or something. And what they find is they can't get enough people to jump in to make the balloon pay, and they lose everything because they're putting the cart in front of the horse. When you build a community, a community is not about land and it's not about structures. A community is about people, and you have to pull your people together. You form a community of 20 to 25 families. This is going to give you, and can be more, but... You should at least, at the very minimum, 15 families, all right, at the very minimum. And I explain all of this in the book. But you get your people together, and then you're going to get your land, and then you're going to build it out. And that's the order, is first get your people together. Because now people, and they say, well, they ask me, they say, Marshall, I mean, how much does it cost to build a win-win? That can feed ten times its own numbers. And it's underground and it's safe. And while everyone else in the world is hitting brick walls, these people maybe have a speed bump. That's it. My design is such that only fifteen percent difference and you could use the same technology to build a community on Mars. That was that was the benchmark I went for. If with fifteen percent technology difference, these same structures I'm proposing. We'll work on Mars, then it sure as hell is going to work here. And folks are you're, you're building. It's not this World War II, World War III, Cold War nonsense of uh, you know bomb shelters yeah. where people you know go to sit there for a few weeks in in a box or in a can. I mean, it's ridiculous. All right. It's an untested concept, and unfortunately, people cling to it because even it's been around for so long, and yet, it's never proven to work. It's never proven to work. It's like somebody saying, you could use this buggy whip to start your car. Okay, let's buy buggy whips. It's just that stupid. You have to have a permanent lifestyle. That's what you're doing. Is that you're creating a communities, and everyone's pooling in, and it's and it's a beautiful way of sharing and building together, and also creating life and opportunities for those outside the community. You build outwards and you create stability for other people. This is how you protect your community, not by putting fifty caliber machine guns on top of every dome.
0: Which would still be pretty cool, though, to do.
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) it might be cool, but again... But
0: not practical.
1: Not practical. You know, it comes down to, my tagline is, prepare for cooperation, not confrontation. And that's the thing that I see with so many people prepping is they're preparing for confrontation. And it's so easy to be... Misled down that path, thinking that's what you got to do. You get hit with a modern-day defense round anywhere in your body, and you know that's it. I'm down on this stick, and I'm gonna, you know, dig it out with my Bowie knife. Ain't gonna make it. You're gonna bleed out. I mean, these these bullets sit there, and they'll they'll churn up a ball of flesh the size of a large apple. You don't survive that, and so. We have to find more intelligent ways to do it. We have to come together. Now, I'm not saying you're not armed. You're definitely armed. In my book, what I'm saying is the first thing you got to do when you're building your community is the first person you want in your community is your top sergeant. You're going to want a cadre of five veterans, preferably with combat experience. Because if you are going to have to deal with nasties, you don't want... 50 caliber machine guns on the top of your shelters you're going to want a team of guys with a Barrett 50 caliber up on the mountain who can reach out and touch somebody from a mile away that definitely put a whole kink in the parade right right, right. but what you really want your veterans for is camaraderie you ask someone who's been to war do you miss war the violence and the horror and the terror of war. A few will. But the vast majority, uh-uh, they're not going to miss that. They're going to wish they didn't see it. But here's what they are going to miss. They're going to miss the camaraderie. They're going to miss the fact that every it was one for all and all for one. And the guy in the bunk next to you could snore like a pig and tell most stupid jokes you've ever heard in your whole life. But if you hear him on the radio going, I'm in a jam, boys, come and help me, everyone is, that's it. Shady bar the door. They're gone. They're going to go do what they can to help that guy. That's that camaraderie. And the camaraderie of the veterans, they have to instill this because a community is going to be a mix of civilians and military. How can you spot the civilians? Civilians are the ones that say clever things like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just know i got to be the boss. That's a civilian. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Absolutely. And what you need are you have to have a military corps. And you, around that corps, you also want people who are first responders. So folks, uh, paramedics, firefighter, sheriff, police, doctors, emergency room, people who understand the need to work together and how important that is because division can tear a community apart just so fast. It's amazing. I've been in writing my book, Win-Win Survival Handbook. Michael, I spent years crisscrossing the country, east to west, north to south, been there, done that, seen it, bought all the t-shirts. And if I write a book about that, it'll be Airport food courts of America, ugh. Oh yeah. I've had enough. That was it. It's like I'd never again in the rest of my life want to eat in an airport food
0: court. It's like, like it. hospital food.
1: No, hospital food tastes better. Oh, that uh, tastes better. Wow. Yeah. Now okay. that's saying something. Tell me. I listen. After what I, you know, after buying some of the stuff I got, I could live on green jello.
0: You could live <laughs> on bugs after that, huh?
1: Oh God, tell me about it. But you know we have to, for those who have the common sense and to look at things and see the situation, to see the world as it is right now, and to understand the clock is ticking, the torpedoes are in the water, they are running true, and they're we're going to take the hits. And what we've got to do is start. The house is on fire. We got to get our babies out. We got to get our kids out. We got to get our alphas out and surround them with multi generational communities where there's a celebration of life, love, and the family. And above all, walk humbly with our God. And this is, and people have to do it. And I am just so hoping that there are enough people out there that say, you know what, we can sit on the couch in denial waiting for the Pleiadians to rescue us, or we can go out and save our species. Because if we don't save our species, we're just going to be another layer of fossils that maybe thousand years from now, some extraterrestrials are going to go, hey, wonder what the hell they thought. And if that happens, if humanity ceases to exist you could have things that look human they're not going to be human they're not going to be genetically human they're going to be humanoid but they're going to be clones or what kind of, you know that's it and and we have i i have this uh this one particular frontline doctor and she actually reached out to me it was something where i was always getting information from her and she said "Marshall." I'm getting a lot of other docs who are contacting me about these black-eyed children, these babies that are being born now to mothers who have been vaccinated because the vaccine is invasive. It's, you know, it, it permeates not only the blood-brain barrier, it permeates the placenta. It goes through the mother's milk. There's That's it. We are just walking Vaccination machines, all right, and what she was telling me is that there are these black eyed children that are being born, and there's a lot of suppression on it. Folks aren't able to talk about it freely, and these infants are not anything like normal infants there's uh, they're cold, distant, they strike. And she said the thing that was most peculiar about these children is that grown men are afraid to be in a room alone with them, and that grown men would actually step out to get away from them.
0: Well, I don't blame them. I would, too. Yeah. That's a creepy sign to see.
1: It's a creepy thing to see. The son of Satan, yes. Yeah. So... The signs are there. And I am just hoping, and you know, I'm just, this is, I have decided that it's time for me to just pound the message, try and reach out to people who are seeing it too, who have enough vision to put down the TV remote and to think for themselves. And hopefully we can save our species, because that's what we're at right now. Right now, in this minute, in this moment, it is the existential threat of all existential threats. We are no longer pure. We are bifurcated, and our vast majority are genetically altered and alien to anything humanity has known in the history of our species.
0: I agree, and. I agree with you. You know, TV teaches people what to think and care for and who to be afraid of rather than teaching how to think, unfortunately. Precisely. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Precisely. Precisely. What a
0: wild world we live in, Marshall. And I'm looking at the time and I know you are, um, you know, we're kind of running out of time here, but Marshall, yeah. what an extraordinary conversation we were having. And, you know, you've been doing this for such a long time, working hard against the grain. About so many different suppressed subjects, Planet X, uh, survival, and with the vaccine, and so many other things, Marshall, and, you know, I do thank you and appreciate your work wholeheartedly. I know, I don't just mean that in a tongue-in-cheek way, you know, I actually mean it. You've been doing this for a while, and you are quite well-respected, and, you know, we love you so much here on this program, and we will definitely have to do it again on the other side, my friend.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, Michael. I always enjoy our get-togethers.
0: Absolutely, Mr. Marshall Masters. And, of course, that's yaousa.com. Go there and find Marshall's work. Anything you'd like to plug? You also have your show we forgot to talk about here, Marshall.
1: Yes, I'm on the Ambellus Talk Network. That's live every Tuesday night. Uh, And I will be – you can find me there. And I have my first show up, and – Uh, I'm also going to be doing podcasts. What I'm doing right now is Mm -hmm. it's a live radio show, and I'm really not going to interview people. The thing about it is that with uh, Shepard M. Bellis, I know him a long time, and he started this, and he's doing well with it. And I just said, my passion, I want to talk, I just want to save the alphas. I want to save our species. This is my drumbeat. I'm not going to... I don't give a rat's ass about entertaining people. I like to have fun, but I'm not an entertainer. I hear you. I am trying to get the word out, and you know, if it winds up that I'm a clumsy old fool tilting at windmills, I can live with that. So be it. Mm, There it is.
0: Understood. Marshall, you are a classy man, and... Well-respected man here, and uh, you will have to do this again on the other side here, my friend.
1: Anytime. You got it. Anytime.
0: Thank you, Marshall. We'll talk again. You got it. Good night, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was the one and only Mr. Marshall Masters. Wow. What an episode that was. Oh, yes. This all started with Operation Mockingbird, as you all know. This was a campaign designed to influence the mass media. It's a psychological operation to control the American people. And of course, this all started way back in the 1950s. Does it still exist today? Well, of course. These things don't just go away. They tend to morph into other things. They always transform. That's what they do. They evolve. And that's what happened with Operation Mockingbird. And like I told Marshall, TV does teach people what to think and what to care for rather than teaching you how to think. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, what does America even stand for anymore at all? Do you know? I don't know. Seems like we're all still slaves in this prison planet. And I do want to thank all of you out there for listening in tonight. This will conclude tonight's broadcast. And I appreciate all of you out there for pressing play. Those of you who might join us on patreon maybe you will maybe you won't that's patreon.com forward slash michaeldeacon and of course if you want to buy merchandise and help us if you can that's michaeldeacon.com forward slash shop or go to michaeldeacon.com and look for the merchandise tab and you'll find all of our merch and of course hang out with us on discord the link is over on michaeldeacon.com or in the description box below Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program, boys and girls. I hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as I did. It's always fun to have Marshall here. Much respect to all of you out there, those of you who will tune in on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you like to listen to this program. We appreciate you tremendously. Once again, thanks for pressing play. We'll do it again on the other side. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night.